When passion, perseverance, and performance join forces, success is born. When your lifestyle is cultivated around physical and mental well-being, winning is inevitable. If you're somebody who likes to set goals and crush them too, you've come to the right place. This is putting yourself first. This is motivation. This is the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. This is Julie, your host, here to bring you weekly wellness tips to help you live happier, healthier, and make real progress towards your goals. On today's episode, I am diving into overtraining and under-recovering. I want to talk a little bit about this paradigm, this spectrum between actual physiological overtraining and this concept of the fact that oftentimes overtraining might just be under-recovering. Overtraining in and of itself is simply when your demands, when the demands of your environment exceed your body's ability to perform, exceed the capacity that your body has to perform those tasks. And overtraining is definitely a hot topic and something that is commonly seen in the physical therapy space, strength and conditioning, fitness, performance. A lot of us, especially those of us who are high performers, high achievers, will experience overtraining at some point. And overtraining can manifest in a variety of ways. There are physical symptoms such as fatigue, muscle soreness, difficulty performing your activity. You might see a decrease in your overall performance or capability to perform at the level that you typically do. There might be mental impacts such as feeling depressed, feeling down, feeling mentally fatigued, maybe feeling like your brain is a little bit cloudy or foggy. You may also feel like you are not getting as much enjoyment from the activities that you typically do. Unusual mood and emotions, you might be more angry, you might be more restless, you might have trouble sleeping, you might also see physiological parameters change if you have some kind of wearable that can tell you things where you might see a decrease in heart rate variability, an increase in heart rate, respiratory rate. The list goes on and on. There are so many different impacts and effects that can manifest from overtraining, under-recovering, and those are just the few that are off the top of my head. In the physical therapy space, we also see that overtraining can contribute to pain and movement dysfunction and stiffness or soreness of muscles. So all of this being said, there are so many factors that can contribute to overtraining, but the reason why I am so interested in this and love to talk about it is because oftentimes I think that overtraining occurs not necessarily because we are doing more than our body can handle, but because we're not giving our body the resources it needs to handle those demands. So hear me out here. All of us as humans have some potentially peak level of demands that we can meet, right? There probably is an absolute amount of exercise, of workload, mental stress, emotional emotional stress that we can meet in a day and successfully take on. But the amount of work that we are able to perform 
physical work, mental work, emotional regulation, stress management, learning new things, all of those demands and our ability to meet them is going to fluctuate day to day, week to week, depending on how prepared we are. And when overtraining is experienced, when you feel overly fatigued or very sore or that your performance is taking a little bit of a nosedive or that you're unhappy with how you feel doing this activity, nine times out of 10, we blame the activity itself. We blame the exercise. We blame the amount of running that we're doing in a week, or you blame the high intensity nature of the Orange Theory class, or you blame the workout that you're doing with your buddy in the gym. We turn to physical activity as the culprit, as the reason for feeling under-recovered or overworked. However, more often than not, it's the other things in our life, the other things in our day that are not up to speed, that are not at the level that they need to be at in order for you to meet those demands. As human beings, we are capable of performing at a very high level. And of course, everybody's is different based upon your training status, based upon your past experiences, all of those things. But I think that in a lot of ways, many of us can do a lot of physical work, but we need to give our body the resources to do that. So I think that a lot of these overtraining symptoms are more so under-recovering. When you have physically demanding or mentally demanding tasks, like a workout, like hours of studying or sitting in class all day, like a job that takes a lot out of you, that causes a lot of thinking or a lot of time on your feet or a lot of stressful phone calls, that is all going to eat away at your energy, at your capacity. I like to think about this spectrum, this this whole connection like a car and a car's gas tank. So we know that every car comes with like a standard amount of miles per gallon that it can perform, right? I think my car at its most, at its peak, can travel like 350 or 400 miles on a full gas tank. So when my gas tank is full, my car can do that amount of work, travel a whole bunch of miles. When my gas tank is not full, if it's only half full, I'm only going to be able to drive half of the miles before my car burns out, before it gives out on me, before it stops working properly. The problem is that so many of us are not refilling our gas tanks. When we go to sleep at night, when we're thinking about nutrition, when we're thinking about mindfulness, and I'm going to dive into some strategies that need to be considered if you're experiencing overtraining, but we are half-assing those other aspects of our life that make up the majority of our week. If you never fill your gas tank all the way up, if you never give your body the full amount of resources that it needs, you can't expect to get the same output. And this can especially become frustrating if you had a period of time, if you had a week or a month or maybe even longer where you were performing really well in your life. You were crushing your workouts. You were crushing it at work. You were getting compliments. You were being productive. You felt like your best self. And now you look back on that time and it feels so distant. You wonder, how was I able to do that? 
and why can't I do it now? Again, it's probably not necessarily the workouts that you're doing. At a high level, yes, your workouts need to be at a certain level to continue to grow. But the majority of people in this world are not pushing themselves enough physically. So the physical stress is probably not why you're exhausted or why you're not making progress. It's because you're constantly running close to empty. It's because you're getting in your car and telling yourself that you're going to make a 100-mile road trip and only filling your gas tank to a 50-mile capability. And once you're halfway there, once you're halfway through your day, you're totally burnt out and you can't perform to the level that you need to. And you blame the work that you're doing. You blame the exercise. You might blame your job. You might blame whatever it is in your life that's physically demanding. And that's going to play a role. However, we only spend most likely a few hours a week exercising, right? I am an active person and I spend four to five hours per week training. Four to five hours per week. That is a very, very small percentage of the week that I'm actually in the gym. So if I'm feeling overworked, it's probably not because of those four or five hours alone. It's probably the other 160 hours in my week that are contributing to how I'm feeling. You need to make sure that if you want to be a high performer, if you want to be able to push yourself in the gym, if you want to be able to go for a run and not have knee pain. Your body needs to have the capacity to handle those tasks. The mental capacity, the physical capacity, your muscles need to be strong enough, your heart needs to be strong enough, but at the, at the very least, your nervous system needs to be ready enough. And the progress will never be made if you are always running with a half full gas tank or running on empty. We oftentimes get rid of that physical activity component. We blame the exercise. You say, orange theory is just way too much for me. I've been going three days a week and I'm just exhausted and I can't do it anymore. What if it's the other parts of your day that aren't filling up your cup enough to be able to do the workout? Think about all the people out there who can work out for that amount of time, who probably work out even harder than that. And you ask yourself, why can't I do it? It's probably because you are under-recovered. And I'm speaking about this from personal experience because there's been so many times that I'm in some kind of training cycle or I'm pushing myself really hard and I start to experience pain or I start to notice that I feel more tired than usual. I'm craving a nap in the middle of my day Day after day after day, I'm reaching for that third cup of coffee in the afternoon to get myself through studying. There's been a lot of times like that. And it's easy to think, oh, it's because I worked so hard in the gym today. But it's probably because you went to the gym with a 25% full gas tank and you completely depleted it. And now there's nothing left for the other important things in your life. So what I want to talk about now is how can you properly fill that gas tank how can we make sure that your body is as resilient and capable as it needs to be to meet the demands that you 
are facing in your environment. Remember that demands are so much more than just physical. We have our exercise, which are physical demands. We have our mental demands, which are things like work and school and learning new things and having conversations and making decisions. Those are the mental demands. And then we have our emotional demands, navigating relationships, having anxiety, planning for the future. Any kind of feeling that you experience, any kind of emotion is stress. All of these things at their core are stresses to our body, to our physiology, to our brain. And anything that's stressful, whether it be good stress or bad stress, requires energy, requires fuel, likely requires a full gas tank. So I have developed four key principles, four buckets that I make sure are as full as they can be in my life in order to help me meet the demands of my environment. So the first thing that's going to help you fill that gas tank up the most is sleep. I know it's obvious. I know that you know how important sleep is. But you need to actually prioritize it on a consistent basis. Sleeping five to six hours a night during the week and getting poor quality sleep and then trying to make up for it on the weekends is going to chronically keep you at that low gas tank level. No matter how motivated you might be to push yourself through your workouts, you're not going to experience the benefits and the adaptations that you want if you're chronically sleep deprived. Remember that when we are adapting, whether it be physically, if we are learning new things, if we're storing new memories, if we're working through problems, all of that stress and all of those accomplishments create adaptations overnight while we're sleeping. Our brain becomes stronger and builds new neural connections during sleep. Our muscles repair and rebuild to be stronger during sleep. So if you're not sleeping, you are never going to give your body the ability to improve. So sleep is pillar number one. Pillar number two is nutrition. Again, A tricky topic and so much easier to talk about than to actually follow through on. And everybody's nutritional needs are different and everybody's nutritional preferences are different and that's okay. But you need to find what works best for you, what makes you feel fueled, what makes you feel ready to perform and prioritize it. One of the most common issues that I see that I've heard of in research and listened to on podcasts is that many of us are not eating enough on a regular basis to meet the demands of our environment. If you are a physically active person who trains in the gym a few days a week, even if you're trying to lose weight, you still need to make sure that you're fueling well with good foods, clean foods, high amounts of protein. Not going to dive too deep into recommendations here, but making sure that your nutrition is up to par on a regular basis is very important. Even mental stress, mental tasks, emotional tasks, burn calories and use energy. Because when you're in a stressful environment and you're in a sympathetic response and your heart is racing and your body is in this heightened state, you need energy. And if you're chronically not eating enough, you're likely to experience a lot of these feelings of fatigue 
you're not going to perform as well in your workouts because you simply don't have the resources to do it. So think about the foods that make you feel good. Think about those days or weeks that you felt fueled well and try to get back into that routine. Because a lot of people who experience overtraining and even musculoskeletal dysfunction would feel tremendously better and perform tremendously better if they fixed up their nutrition a little bit. My third pillar is mindfulness. Mindfulness is another one that takes on a variety of forms. But remember that in order for our body to function properly, we need to be able to balance sympathetic and parasympathetic activities. Sympathetic is that fight or flight stress part of our nervous system that responds to exercise and demanding tasks, all of the things that we've been talking about. But we can't be constantly living in this state where something is demanding our attention, our energy. We can't always be in this fight or flight, ready to go, ready to run state. We need to make sure that our body spends time and our brain spends time in a parasympathetic state, which can be promoted by simple mindfulness techniques. Things like daily gratitude practice, grounding yourself in the present moment. Things like meditation, focusing on your breath, tuning into your body, tuning into your senses, tuning into the sounds and the smells and the sensations around you. Things like breath work, taking deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, expanding your lungs, slowing down your heart rate. Things like journaling, doing a brain dump, where when you do have a really busy day, You let a lot of that out onto a page and your brain has a chance to relax and restore. All of these techniques don't seem important for a physical demanding task. If you're thinking to yourself, my workouts are too hard and I'm overtraining, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you that mindfulness is going to help, right? But remember that this all comes back to the nervous system. And I can tell you firsthand that if you're experiencing pain, if you're experiencing decreased performance, if you're not happy with how you feel in the gym, doing five to 10 minutes of some kind of mindful activity on a regular basis, I can tell you anecdotally at the very least, is going to help your performance because your body is going to be able to step back from those stressful activities for a little bit of time. Mindfulness is definitely underrated and don't knock it until you try it. My last pillar for improving your recovery and filling up that gas tank is going to be low intensity exercise. Trust me, I'm a big fan of high intensity exercise. Recently got into CrossFit and I am loving it. I love to work hard and lift heavy and run fast. And that's how we get better and stronger. That's an important part of your routine. However, when it comes to recovery, we want to make sure that we're balancing out these highly physically demanding tasks with simple, low-intensity, relaxing movement. Especially on days where you're feeling sore, where your muscles are feeling fatigued. Maybe you had a hard run or a hard workout, which is awesome. You want to make sure that you're not chronically pushing into that super hard state and that you're balancing it out with light activity. On my rest days, I like to still perform some type of relaxing movement to promote recovery, to promote 
you know, muscle lengthening and decreasing soreness and getting the blood flowing and all of these important things that honestly just make me feel good can be accomplished with low intensity movement. For me, it's a walk. I love an outdoor walk, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, five minutes, whatever I have to give is going to be nearly a daily activity for me and definitely is going to be a part of my rest days. Maybe you like stretching, some kind of yoga practice, getting into different poses where you're lengthening your muscles. Maybe you like to foam roll and that increases your heart rate a little bit and it feels good on your muscles. Whatever it is that you enjoy, maybe it's a bike ride, something low intensity that's going to get your heart rate elevated a little bit, but not feel like a hard workout is going to help you recover if you can make it a regular part of your practice. Low intensity exercise is not going to cancel out doing too much high intensity exercise. So if you're working out hard seven days a week, adding in like two days of recovery on top of that isn't going to solve the problem. But replacing some of those more difficult days with low intensity work can potentially help. So between sleep, nutrition, mindfulness, and low intensity exercise, if you can pour a little bit more energy into those things, I think you will feel tremendously better if you are experiencing overtraining. So my goal of the week for you this week is that if you are feeling extra fatigued, if you feel like you're overdoing it, if you know somebody, a friend, or a patient or a client who's overdoing it, instead of just looking at the physical activity alone, talk with them or talk with yourself about these other lifestyle factors. What does your sleep look like? Are you consistently going to bed and waking up at the same time? Are you getting seven to eight hours of good quality sleep? How is your nutrition? What does a normal day of eating look like for you? How's your mindfulness? Do you spend any time with yourself, by yourself, for yourself? And what's your recovery practice? What kinds of things are you doing to be kind to your body on your rest days? Think about these things, ask yourself these questions, and put in the work that's going to get that gas tank full so that you can meet the demands of your environment without having to stop doing what you love, without having to stop running, without having to stop exercising. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear about what sorts of strategies you like to do for recovery and how you are going to implement these ones into your life. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would love to get a rate and review from you on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.